0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you're filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Well, good morning. Thank you, Davis. Welcome to all who are visiting today, and welcome to our One Fellowship family. For those who are visitors, I'm Paul, and I'm the senior pastor here. And I got to say, as we were worshiping together to start the service through song, I was delighted to just reflect on who God is bringing into our church. Um, Today, I've already met some visitors from Chicago. I've already met a new visitor from Boston, here on our stage, uh, we, we, have, um, from, uh, we have people from Philadelphia, we have people originally from Colorado, we have people from North Dakota, thank you, Jesus, and then we have people from New England, Connecticut. Isn't that interesting what God is doing here? God is moving here, and we're so glad you're here with us and you're a part of it. So with that, uh, let's go to God one more time with a brief word of prayer. Before we dive into John 16, dear heavenly father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come Holy Spirit, come in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I'd like to begin by asking everyone this question. Have you ever noticed that a breakdown can lead to a breakthrough? According to reports on July 4th, 1952, Florence Chadwick, the great long-distance swimmer we spoke about last week, attempted to swim the Catalina Channel off the coast of California, a 20-plus-mile swim or hull, and to become the first woman to do so. Now, with conditions unfavorable on that day, including icy waters, strong currents, Listen to this. The presence of sharks around her that required the shooting of rifles from support boats behind her in a fog so thick that no one could see the way forward, Florence swam for over 15 hours before doubt began to creep in. Would she make it? Could she make it? Was she still even on the right course to accomplish this feat? Now, just over 15 hours and 55 minutes later, the young woman would break down and give up. Totally exhausted and discouraged, unable to see a thing, unable to see her final destination. Now here's where the story takes an interesting turn. As she climbed into the rescue boat or extraction boat, she soon discovered that she was less than a mile from the coastline. Less than a mile from accomplishing the great feat. She would go on to tell the reporter, look, I'm not excusing myself, but if I could have seen land... I know I could have made it. Thankfully, our breakdowns can lead to breakthroughs, which is exactly what happened in the life of Florence. You see, just two short months later, she would once again attempt this same feat, to swim the Catalina Channel. Only this time, she would complete the feat in 13 hours and 47 minutes. And yes... In this second attempt, that debilitating, disorienting fog would surround her, and yet the whole time she kept swimming, pressing on, she said she kept a mental image of her final destination in her mind the whole time. It's a great story, right? What I love about this story, it's not only so relatable to us, it relates so well to our passage. You see, We've been making our way through the book of John, the gospel of John, and here we find ourselves in John chapter 16, verses 1 to 15. In just a previous chapter before, in John 15, Jesus had told his disciples, hey, abide in me, not in anything or anyone else, abide in me and you'll find joy and security in your life. He would go on, as Pastor Cody preached on a couple weeks ago, he would go on to then invite his disciples to abide in one another. You see, not just calling them to himself, but to one another, into gospel community. His words had been moving and fortifying. And then we now look at John 16, and Jesus says something shocking because he drops two bombshells on them. First, he tells his disciples that the world is going to turn against them, which would have been very scary for them. And second, he tells his followers, his disciples, oh yeah, I'll be leaving you. He's going to move on from them. And this was gut-wrenching news. So disoriented and discouraged, like Florence the swimmer, We see in John 16, the disciples shocked and not knowing what to do. And it's here in this place, in this anguish, that Jesus then meets them with unexpected news. It's here in this place and in this anguish, he reveals an unexpected plan coupled with an unexpected promise. And what's more, what he shares, it was not meant for just them It was meant for you, Davis, and you, Christina, and you, Jack, and me. And that's why I'm so excited to dive into John 16 with you here today. So Jonathan, you ready? Our big idea from John 16 we're going to unpack is this. When life breaks down, ask the Lord to break through, trusting His Spirit will guide you into all truth. When life breaks down, trust the Lord to break through. Trusting His Spirit will guide you into all truth. Point one, expect breakdowns in your life. The passage begins, All this I've told you so that you won't fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they're actually offering a service to God. They will do such things because they've not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but I am going to him who sent me. None of you ask, where are you going? Rather, you're filled with grief because I've said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good. Or as other translations put it, it's the best that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Allow me to share the context for our text. Here in John 16, Jesus has shut down his public ministry. It is now spending the remaining hours of his life with the disciples, the 11 remaining fellows. He's already shared the last supper with them, pointing them to his sacrificial death that is to come, and he's already uh, washed their feet, taking the posture of a slave and serving them. You see, these would have been very tender times, right? And thus, these words in John 16 would have been tender words, If you've ever said goodbye to someone you love, not knowing if you'll ever see them again, you know the emotions that well up in moments like that, right? Well, that's the moment here of John 16. So what does Jesus want his disciples and us to know in these kind of moments? Well, he wants them to know that breakdowns can be expected around us, And he wants them to know it. He wants us to know it. Breakdowns can be expected around us and actually even in us. And friends, these are not small breakdowns. First, we can expect breakdowns around us. If you haven't noticed, there is good and evil in our world. Nations are in an uproar and people are in an uproar. Parties are fighting for position and people are fighting for power. Within the biblical framework, This is not surprising, but it is discouraging. Several of you have told me, I can't even turn on the news. I can't even read the headlines anymore. And I get it. You know, Romans 1 verse 25 puts it like this. They people have exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. And as Judges chapter 21 verse 25 puts it, when people have no allegiance to or understanding of God's sovereignty, what do we read? They do as they deem fit. In other words, everyone acts like their own God. And the result, chaos and conflict. Such was true in biblical times and such is pretty true in our times, right? To this, Jesus says to his followers, don't be surprised Given the sinfulness of humanity, breakdowns will happen throughout humanity. Breakdowns will happen all around you and us. And oh, Jesus tells his, excuse me, his followers, don't be surprised when the arrows not only fly by you, but at you. Why? Because our ultimate allegiance as Christians is not at the foot of one leader or anyone party or any human-made paradigm. No, nothing created. Our ultimate allegiance is to the creator himself, and this will upset people. It will threaten their power. Next in our passage, Jesus makes clear that he expects breakdowns within us. He knows we'll feel crushed when we feel he's left us. You ever been there? He knows we'll feel disoriented when we can't comprehend his plan for us. I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had in ministry throughout the years that go something like this. Paul, as a wife or as a husband, I tried so hard to be present and loving in my marriage, and she or he still left me. Or pastor, I worked so hard in my job and my company still uh, abandoned me. Or Paul, as a mom or as a dad, we raised our kids in the faith and in the church and they've now left it and want nothing to do with it. So pastor, where is God in all this? Paul, does God even have a plan in all of this? Have you ever been there? Can you relate to ever feeling exhausted or disoriented in your faith journey, like there's a fog all around you? Confession, even as a pastor, I've been there, and sometimes we find ourselves there. But there's some good news here in our passage. Jesus makes two subtle comments that indicate that he does, in fact, have a bigger plan. He does, in fact, fly with eyes wide open. He doesn't fly blind. They're found in verses 4 and then 12 and 13. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me, he says. And then in verses 12 and 13, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. In other words, Yes, Didi, in the face of breakdowns around us and in us, we can be assured there's a divine plan working over us. You see it? This leads us to point two. Ask the Lord to break through in your life, trusting his spirit will guide you into all truth. The passage continues. Very truly, I tell you, it is for your good I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. And then Jesus expounds on this. About sin, because people don't believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes... He'll guide you. He'll guide you into all truth. So allow me to share another story that unpacks this point too. Did anyone watch the Olympics this past summer? Raise your hand. It was quite enjoyable. I'm not sure what I enjoyed more, the track stuff or the swimming stuff. Uh, Some of the swimming coaches were bananas, right? Well, this past summer, Jamaican Olympian Uh, Hansley Parchment was preparing for the semifinal of the 110 meter hurdles when he left the Olympic village in Tokyo, lost in his thoughts and lost in his music. He was wearing iPods. And he got on the wrong bus. Any of you hear this story? Thinking he was headed to Tokyo's Olympic Stadium, instead he ended up at the Olympic Aquatics Center, not the right place for a Jamaican hurdler, and with no time to spare panicking and with people speaking all different languages around him, Hansley finally found a volunteer to help. Quote, I saw this volunteer and I had to beg, he said, and she actually gave me some money to take one of the taxis. And that's how I was able to get to the warm-up track at the stadium and with enough time to warm up and compete. And here's the deal. Not only did Hansley go on to compete, he went on to qualify for the finals where he shocked the world and won gold. Here's a picture following his victory. The story gets better. Two days after the win, the Jamaican runner would once again jump on a bus to go find the volunteer who would help him when he was lost. And with a big smile and a big hug, he finally found her, and he showed her the gold medal that she had helped him win, and he said, quote, you were instrumental in me getting to the final that day. Now, returning to our passage, Jesus tells his disciples that they and we will be better off if he leaves us. Did you catch that? It's for your good or it's best that I'm going away. Well, why? Right? Well, because Jesus says he'll send the advocate, whereas the original language says the paraclete, to be with us and to guide us. Now, some of you were with us in late August. Some of you weren't. Some of you are visiting for the first time today. We looked at this in uh, late August. This word paraclete, it means literally the one called alongside. And it's often translated advocate, counselor, comforter, helper, encourager, or true friend. Even the late Martin Luther, the reformer, called the Holy Spirit the truster. And obviously it's a direct refer- re- reference to the Holy Spirit as we see later in our passage. So what Jesus is saying to his original disciples and to you and me Here in our passage is that he will never leave us high nor dry. Do you see it? He will guide us and provide for us just as that sweet volunteer came alongside Hansley and helped him reach his final destination. And you know what, friends? This is good news. We'll never be without help and we'll never be without hope. Furthermore, We read that the Holy Spirit will not only come alongside us, but will work through us. Did you see that? Did you catch that? In verse 8, Jesus shares, he, the Holy Spirit, will prove, or as other translations say, convict, strong word, the world to be in the wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Meaning not only will we experience breakthrough, but through the presence of the Holy Spirit, the world will experience breakthrough through you and me. Now, to make this point rather simple, allow me to do a test or an exercise. Ready? Everyone with me? Give me a nod. Kids, make sure your parents are awake. Look over. Yeah, they're they're good. (laughs) If I were to ask every person in this room, what's the biggest problem in the world? What would we say? We'd come up with a laundry list of answers, right? Some might say, Pastor, it's it's COVID-19 and it's all the diseases everywhere that's what's wrong with the world or as several of you have shared over the last couple years pastor it's the democrats or it's the republicans they're the ones that's wrong with the world or if you're someone who's environmentally conscious it's pastor it's it's this global warming that's the biggest threat to our world right Here's the deal. It's not that there's not legitimacy to all the problems we might name and see. It's just that Jesus says they're not the main problem. No, Jesus says in verse 9 of our passage that the main problem in our entire world is, quote, people do not believe in me. Did you see it? They don't see what the prophet Jeremiah saw when he wrote, quote, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? They don't agree with the apostle Paul when he would later write to the Romans. There's no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away, all have become worthless. There's no one who does good, not even one without the intervention of God. Thus, people don't see their need for a savior because they don't see their own sin. That's what Jesus is saying. They don't admit, like Hansley, that they sometimes get lost, that we all sometimes get lost. And you see, they, like all of us, need a breakdown that can lead to a breakthrough. They, like all of us, need to embrace the grace found solely in Jesus in the resulting guidance of his Holy Spirit. That is the transformational truth that Jesus wants us to take from our passage today. So as we conclude, two encouragements. First, in life, if you find yourself in a dense fog, disoriented and discouraged, like Florence, And here's the deal. Some of you may be there right now. Jesus does not want us to lose hope. Do not lose hope. Cry out to him and let your breakdown become a breakthrough. Trust that the Lord loves you, sees you, cares for you, and has a divine plan at work over you. Moreover, press on in your journey. Don't give up. And second, allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. Now, here's the deal with my sermons. I don't write them alone. In fact, I have my chief editor here on the, the front row, my wife, Carly. So if you disagree with anything, will you see her first? <laughs> no, in all seriousness, she read this passage multiple times. She's like, good luck, babe. I, I don't, this is a hard one, Right? And then she went on to say, but the truth is, I need the Holy Spirit more. We need the Holy Spirit more. We need this passage. The church needs this passage. The world needs this passage. So friends, when you get lost, he will be there for you. With our world in angst, he wants to use you. Anchor yourself in the word of God amongst the people of God, expecting to be used by God, knowing you will never be without help or hope. Will you ask the Lord to give his Holy Spirit to you today? Jesus says, very truly I tell you, it is for your good I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you but if I go, I will send him to you. So when life breaks down, ask the Lord to break through, trusting his spirit will guide you into all truth. Will you do that with me? Can we do that together today? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. You promised never to leave us nor forsake us. You You want what's best for us, what your word says. And yet, some of us are having breakdowns, don't know what to do. Would you meet us in these places right now, Lord? And may our breakdowns become breakthroughs. And would you send your Holy Spirit to fill us and to guide us and to use us You want what's best, and this is the way you've planned for us. I pray for revival from the ground up, from the kids and the students, the adults, the families, the older people, all those here, God, would you rise up in us, well up in us, your love, so that we not only experience it, we give it to our world in need. We pray for our good and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.